Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Praise God. Well, bump your neighbor, tell them, Happy Mother's Day anyway, and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. What is it about mothers that, that makes them just like totally transform whenever they become one? I, I, I remember whenever uh, Crystal was pregnant with our, with our first one and, and actually before, and, and, and the, the reality is, is if men had to have babies there would only be like one baby ever born on the planet. Because as soon as he had baby number one, he would tell every other man, here's what's going to happen. <laughs> and they'd be like, all right, yo, I'm out. So that's fine. So I'll just be like your God uh, parent to your baby. And then it'll just, we'll just all, it's, everything's wonderful. But something about uh, being, when, when, a, when a lady becomes a mother, something crazy happens. It's like this metamorphosis. Or it's possible that we men are just getting played the whole time. I don't know. But I remember my wife, when, when before, she was, before she became a mom, I, I remember thinking, man, she is so just, just wonderful and a lovely flower, which she still is today. But I thought she, you know, she can't lift more than like a pound and a half, you know? No way. She is just, there's no way. So, so I would do... What you do, gentlemen, I would, would always, like we would go to the, to the grocery store. And do you remember what it was like going to the grocery store before you had kids where the, the, the cash register didn't shock you whenever you, you got all your groceries? You're like, whoa, now it's, it's a little different. But I remember we would go to the, to the grocery store and we would come home and, and she would be like, she'd be walking to the back of the car and she'd be going to get some groceries. And I'd be like, baby, please. I... <laughs> We'll get the groceries. And she's like, okay, thanks, hon. And she'd, she'd float into the house, and I would do uh, what you're supposed to do. I would get every single grocery bag, and I would put 8 million little straps of those grocery bags on one hand and 8 million on the other, and I would pick those things up, and I would waddle my way into the house because two things were certain. Number one, I'm only making one trip, and number two, my wife's going to see me. So I'd be waddling into the house. I'd be carrying them. It looked like I was carrying two uh, uh, deflated airbags or two spent parachutes or something. I had so many groceries. And I would get in, and she'd be like on the other side of the room not looking. And I'd be like, uh, hey, baby, where do you want every single one of these groceries that I carried at one time put? And she wouldn't turn around. So I had to ask again. She's like, oh, just anywhere. And I'm like, uh... Like where, anywhere, exactly. By this time, veins are sticking out of my neck. I'm straining so hard to hold these groceries. And she's like, oh, just anywhere. And I'm like, uh, well, exactly where? And she's like, just anywhere, Brian. And I'm just like, oh, I got them, babe. I'll put them anywhere. <laughs> then I go put them down. And I would get a call while I was at work. And it would be like this. Because uh, especially when we first got married, she didn't work for a long time. And, and I remember she would be like, so when you get home, can you move the couch? And I'm like, 
Daddy, move that couch anywhere you want it, baby. Where you want that couch moved. And then all of a sudden, we go to the hospital. She has our first baby. We come home. I don't know if you remember, but when you leave the hospital after having a baby, they make the mom ride in a wheelchair. So she's, she's riding in a wheelchair, and I'm carrying baby number one. You know, I got the baby in the carrier, and I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, my gosh. How am I going to? I'm going to have to carry this thing everywhere because she can't pick up more than a pound and a half. Maybe two boxes of Kleenex is about all she can lift. You know, she's just a little flower. And I'm carrying this, this baby and I get out of the car and I put it in there and, and, and we're home the whole time. And she's like, she's like, Hey, uh, uh, the, the doctor's visit's coming up to check on like the one week checkup. We hadn't been anywhere before that. So I'm like, perfect. Let me map out how this is going to happen. I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go crank the car because our child is not going to even almost get out of 72 degrees, okay? Our child is going to grow up at 72 degrees. We're going, to have a, we're going to have a cover over the little carrier so when we come outside, you know, there'll be no sunshine hitting this offspring. You know, it's going to be completely covered. We'll put her in the 72-degree car. It's going to be wonderful. And, and so here's what. I'll walk outside. I'll crank the car. And then I will come back and I will get the baby and I will put the baby in the thing. And then I will come and I will help you because, gracious girl, you just had a baby. I'll help you into the car. I'll open the door. Everything will be wonderful. And it's just going to be great and so I go outside to crank the car and and like a squirrel runs by so I'm totally uh, distracted by the squirrel and all of a sudden I realize why did I walk out here and it's like oh I'm supposed to crank the car so I can go back and get the baby and everything so I I go over to the car and I open the door and I realize I don't have the keys and I turn around, and out of the house, I see somebody kick the door. Boom! And she walks out with a diaper bag, carrying the baby. She's got a bottle in one hand. She's not just carrying. She's rocking him, in, rocking her in rhythm with the keys in her mouth. And she goes, here, I got the keys for you. And I'm like, oh! It's a miracle! Because something happens when you become a mom. You, you develop this permanent crook in your arm that is just designed to carry babies and baby carriers. And then I've got to wonder, could she have really moved the couch? <laughs> something powerful happens when you become a mom. Second Kings chapter number 4. I want to talk this morning about a, a very special mom in our Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. This lady was a woman of great faith. We know she was a woman of great faith because there was a prophet that would come by. His name was Elisha. And she said, since we don't have a Holiday Inn or a Hilton, I would like to build a room for this prophet so that when he comes by, he can have a place to sleep. We can feed him. We're going to set a little table in there for him and a candlestick so that if he wants to study at night, he can study at night. He can do everything he wants to do, but I just want to do that. She tells her husband. Her husband says, that's a great idea. So she begins, as, as a woman of faith, to entertain the presence of God. She begins to show the Lord that his presence is precious to her, not just by what she says, but by, but by what she does. So the Bible says the man of God, he likes, what she, he likes the food, he likes the room, he likes everything. And one day he looks to his servant and he says to the servant, this is verse 14, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 14. He says, what do you think this lady would want? And Gehazi the servant answers and says, verily she doesn't have a child and her husband is old. In other words, she'd probably like a baby. And 
uh, the prophet said, well, call her over here. And when he called her over, she stood in the door. And he said unto her, he said, about this season, according to the time of life, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, uh, you're a man of God. Don't, don't tell me something that can't be true. You see, uh, the Bible says her husband was old. Everything that was in the Bible is there for a reason. So when it says her husband was old, it meant she thought it was impossible and she didn't want this person telling her something that wasn't going to come to pass. But here's the situation. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Come on, clap your hands in the library. So she says, I I don't want you to tell me something that's not accurate. And and it doesn't say that he says anything else. So we move on. And the Bible says the woman conceived and bare a son at the season, uh, at that season that Elijah had said unto her, according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to work with his father in the field. Uh, That word grown in Hebrew is actually the word growing. So we assume the the, the child was still a boy at at this point. So the scripture says that uh, as the child was growing, his dad took him to work in the field with him one day, and, and which means his dad was involved in his life, which is also a very pos- positive thing. So uh, the scripture says that while the boy went out there, he was working with his daddy, and the scripture says that the boy began to get sick. And, and he said unto his father, he said, my head, my head... And in other words, dad, my head's really hurting. My head's really hurting. And, and the dad looked at one of the guys that worked for him. And he says, hey, man, take this boy to his mother. In other words, this dad did what every dad in the history of dads does when their kid has a bobo. Show your mom. I don't know what it is. I could literally have one of my kids come up and ask me, what time is it? I could be staring at my watch, and before my brain would catch up with it, out of my mouth would say, ask your mother. I don't know what it is, but moms seem to have this thing. Moms, they, they, they're, they're nursemaids, they're guerrilla warriors, they're, they're, they're mother bears when necessary, they're doctors, they're physicians, they're lawyers, they're, they're all these different things. Uh, sometimes, uh, mom, if, if dad's not around, you're playing every role all at the same time and we pray and support you the best we can. But there's something about a mom that you transform from just being a person to now you're a super person. Something shifts when it happens. So dad's sitting out there. The boy says, Daddy, my head hurts. And he's probably thinking what a lot of dads are thinking. Listen, you just go show your mom because I got work to do. So they carry the boy back to his mom. And when he gets back to his mom, uh, the Bible says that the, the guy took him to him, verse 20, brought him to his mother, and, and he sat on her lap. And he sat on her knees until noon, and the boy died. Dad is probably, if he knew this, which he doesn't, he's probably feeling about this big right now. But he says, take the boy to his mom. And the mom does exactly what you would do, mom. He puts her, she puts the boy on her lap. She probably has a cold rag. And she's tapping him on the head. And she's asking, baby, tell me what's wrong. Tell mama what hurts. Because when kids are little, I, I don't know, like, like nowadays, like we can have a conversation. You go to the doctor, like, tell me what hurts. They're like, well, my throat, my neck, my ears, my eyeballs, the back of my eyelid. I got this little thing on my pinky ring and it's just, ooh. So we can tell them exactly what hurts. But you start ha- trying to have that conversation with a kid. You're just, you're, 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 you're grasping at straws. Anything. Just, just tell me anything that hurts, especially when they're young and they can't tell you. And if you've never had a young child that fell ill, 
You, that's an experience that I, I don't prefer. We pray health over all of our children and every person around here. But, but to not be able to know what it is. So she's sitting there. She's dabbing him on the head. Oh, baby boy, tell mama what it is. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And she was holding on and holding on. And all of a sudden, boom, the baby dies in her lap. And the Bible says that when the boy died, she went and took him and laid him on the bed of the man of God. And shut the door upon him and went out. When things don't go right in your life, you better know where the Spirit of God moves. When things don't go right in your life, you better know where the Spirit of God moves. You see, so many times in our life, we get hit with a sucker punch. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a report from the doctor. Maybe something comes that you weren't expecting. And when that happens, you can't be the type that runs from God. Because, you you see, God doesn't hurt children. God doesn't hurt us. On the exact contrary, He is the answer to every problem we could ever have. So when something doesn't go right in your life, uh, the Bible says in, in, in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, we are not the type that fall back. We are the type that lean in. You see, we press towards the mark for the prize, the high calling. That means when you get punched in the gut, when something happens that you weren't expecting, you're not the type that falls back on this stuff. You're the type that leans in and says, I don't understand. I'm carrying the promise that the Lord gave me and I don't know what to do with Him, but I'm going to give Him to God and I'm going to believe that God can still make a way where there appears to be no other way. She takes him and lays him into the bed where she built for the presence of God, for the man of God, for the, pre- the, the, the representative of the presence of God at that time. And she went out and she called her husband and she said, Send me, I pray you, one of the young men and one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and I'll come back. And, and the dad says, he goes, Why do you want to go to him today? Wherefore will you go to him today? It's neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, it shall be well. The dad goes, why are you going to church? It's not Christmas. It's not Easter. Come on, it's not Mother's Day. Why why are you going to church? What is the thing? There is something about faithfulness that cannot be be measured and when it comes to the world it cannot be understood they don't understand why we keep the uh, uh, a smile on our face when all hell is broken loose in our life they don't understand why we come to the place where we can pray with all honesty god would never kill us but we could pray with all honesty and say though he slay me yet will i serve him He is not a way, He is not a truth, and He is not a life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We're not backing off, we're leaning in. When everything looks difficult, we don't stop coming to church. We don't stop praying. We don't stop believing God. When the prodigal sons and daughters decide to go be prodigal, we don't back off from God and start wondering, oh, why did they do that? We start thanking God and saying, it shall be well in Jesus' name. There's a shift that takes place. When you believe God, 
You believe Him in the face of adversity. You believe Him when nothing looks right. You believe Him when nothing sounds right. You believe Him when everything appears to be contrary to what His Word says. You still stand on the way. Give God a big hand of praise. Because you're the type that stands on the Word of God. She said, it shall be well. In other words, she professed faith when all she could see was fear. She professed faith when all she could see is problems. She, sat, she saddled the ass, said to her servant, drive and go forward, slack not your riding for me, except I tell you. In other words, we're about to really, really ride. Do not slow down. So she went and came to the man of God to Mount Carmel, and it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite, which proves Elisha was from East Texas. Where is that Shunammite woman? Oh, over yonder, tell you what. You think that's her? I think that's her. Where at? Over yonder. That's in the ETV, the East Texas version. Can I say it differently? God saw her coming. He saw her coming. He saw her coming. He saw her. He saw her. He saw her. Can I say it differently? He sees you. He sees you. He sees you. You're saying, I gotta get there. I gotta get to Jesus. And you're thinking, you're thinking, I don't know if I can find him. And I don't even know if he's busy. And he's on the top of the mountain going, there she is. She's coming this way. You get out there and meet her. He sees you coming. Don't lose your profession of faith because in the right moment, the right time, it's all gonna come together. Your job is to hold fast. He sees you coming. He says to his servant, the scripture says, Run now, I pray, to meet her and say unto her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? Is there anything else that you would want God to ask you as a mom? How are you? How's your husband? How's your kids? You say, well... I'm worried about my house. But you see, your belongings pale in comparison to how much you care about your relationship with your husband and the woman with your kids. Because here's the thing. Hidden in our Bible is the secret and the answer to all questions. Some we don't even know the right way to ask. And he just told us how to make sure your house stays in order. Make sure you and the Lord are good number one number two make sure you and your spouse are good number three make sure you're good with your offspring and if you get them out of order now God's not number one and the Bible says that our God is a God of order so we put him first and it, it, it's this crazy thing because we put him first and we think, how can our love be divided? How can he, you put him first and he makes you better at loving everything down line. 
You put Him first, and He makes you more patient. He makes you more kind. You start looking at your husband like you looked at him whenever he was in college carrying all those groceries, glory to God. Guys, you start looking at your wife, you start putting God number one, all of a sudden you notice when she wears perfume, you're like, whoa. Because you're just better at loving when you're close to love itself. Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your son? What else do you want? And let me tell you something. She had a real opportunity here, but it wasn't Elisha asking. It was the servant. And she says, it is well. Hebrews 10, 35, hold fast your profession of faith. If God told you to hold it, it's because it tries to let go of you. If God told you to hold it, it's because it tries to get away. You've got to hold your profession of faith. This is two different opportunities. She had a great chance to talk about the problem. And it's a pretty big problem. Her son's laying dead at the house. And all she does is talk about the promise. It is well. It is well. It is well. You see... We're Christians. That means we don't talk like the world and act like the world. We call things that are not as though they were. That means I'm not looking at my circumstance from a standpoint to determine what my future is going to look like. I'm looking at my circumstance and I'm telling it what my future is going to look like. Everything's going crazy. Everything's going haywire. How's it, how is it with you? It is, well, no, 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 no. Honestly, how is it with you? Now, see, I'm the person at the water cooler that has no concept of the promises of God. I can help you with nothing. All I would be is somebody that would sit there and parrot and rabbit, uh, uh, parrot back to you every problem that you said and everything. And then I would go tell all of your friends about it. And I'd tell, and all I would do is just be a problem, a problem talk about her. And just talk, 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 problem, 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 problem. And, and you ask me, how am I doing? My answer to you, Mr. Problem Talk About Her is, it is well how is it well it is well it doesn't look well it is well it doesn't sound well it is well what do you mean I mean the promises of God are yes and amen Hebrews 10 38 don't cast away your confidence you hold on to what God has said here's what happens the Bible says that, that the servant comes and says, says, hey, are you okay? And she says, it is well. But she didn't stop with the servant because you can listen to me and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a very good preacher. But you don't need me. You need him. She said, she said I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you, but I'm trying to get to him. And she goes and she runs to Elisha, the representative of the presence of God at that time. She grabs a hold of his feet and Gehazi's about to pull her off because he's kind of like supposed to be helping uh, Elisha make sure everybody uh, stays under control. And he starts to pull her off and, Gehazi, and Elisha says, no, 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 hold up. Can't you see her soul is vexed? Then he says, and God has hidden from me what the problem is. So I'm going to have to ask her what the problem is. Can't you see her soul is vexed? 
In other words, even when your soul is vexed, you can still declare, it is well. God's no respecter of persons. If she could do it, you can do it. If she has the opportunity to believe God in the face of adversity, you have the opportunity to believe God in the face of adversity. If, if, if hell or high water comes knocking on your door, your answer is, it is well. Come on, somebody say that. It is well. This is our proclamation. This is who we are. He says, Gehazi, go see if you can raise the boy from the dead. He said, he said, woman, you go with him. She said, I ain't going nowhere without you. There's got to be something where you draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not going anywhere without the presence of God. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to worry about my children without bringing God in the situation. I'm not going to uh, uh, worry about my marriage without bringing God into the situation. I'm not going to worry about my job, the school. I'm not going to worry about the report over my life without bringing God in the situation. Sometimes you just got to say, I'm just not leaving you, Lord. Wherever you go, I follow. That, that's how it's going to be for me. The scripture says the prophet goes to her house and heals her son, raises him from the dead. In other words, she told her husband, it shall be well. She told the servant, it is well. And before the story was finished, it is well. You see, there's something about our God when you decide that you're going to hold on to faith and you're going to reject fear, doubts, unbelief you don't understand pastor I'm going through this I'm going through that the lady's son died in her lap what else it is well it doesn't feel well you speak we tell our kids like this kind of make it in, in, in words they can understand this is what the Bible says you will have what you say if all you do is talk problem all day, let me tell you something. You can wake up tomorrow morning and Mr. Problem will be standing at the door knocking. Say, you ready to talk again? Or you can open the door. When Mr. Problem comes to you, say, no, it is well. Show up the next day. No, it is well. And one day you'll wake up and he just won't be there. And then you'll say, told you so. <laughs> Stand to your feet. Come on, lift your hands. Let's sing this. Just as a proclamation, a profession of faith. Come on, it is well. Y'all sound great. Come on, even if the problem's still there. Even if the issue hasn't changed yet. It is still well. Build your faith. Build your faith. Let faith be in the driver's seat. Let fear get in the back seat until we finally kick it out. One more time. 
Oh, I feel faith rising in here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Prodigals are coming home. Dead dreams are going to be raised to life again. Situations are changing. God's running to you when you're running to Him. Now, if you're here and, and, and you say this, you say, I got my mama a great present or I'm going to. Can I just say this one thing? More than she wants anything else on the planet. Maybe she used the, the, the Mother's Day card on you that said, it's a trump card. Hey, I want you to come to church with me. It's Mother's Day. And you're here today because of that. Let me tell you what she wants more than anything. What she would saddle a donkey and ride across the desert, fall at the feet of God himself and grab a hold and never let go. All for one thing. And that's to know that her children are raised to life. To know that she will spend eternity with them in a place called heaven. This is made possible because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ who lived a sinless life, laid his life down for you and me, victoriously defeating death, hell, and the grave and granting us the ability to have victory over sin and eternal life. This is what your mom wants more than your cooking and your cleaning and your flowers and your anything else. Please bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe, Mom, you came because your son or daughter asked you to come. Or maybe you came just to see these beautiful babies get prayed for. Let me tell you what your family wants. They don't want to just live life here with you. They want to spend eternity with you. And if that's you today, and you say, man, Pastor, I've never accepted Jesus. The reason we can say it as well is because we have accepted Jesus. The reason you can feel a reluctancy is because there's some uncertainty there. If that's you today, and you say, man, that's me, preacher. I, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I, wanna, I want my name written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm a sinner. I've messed up. But if Jesus will really save me, I want him to. If that's you or... Maybe you'd say it differently. you say, I used to walk strong with God, but I'm backslidden. I'm like the prodigal son. I've gone away from him. I want to give you the opportunity to be right before you leave here. If that's you, when I count to three, I want you to lift your hand. And when uplifted hand, you're just saying, oh God, remember me. And he really will. One, two, three. Lift your hands. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Lift them high, please. I see that hand. Tall and bold. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. If you lifted your hand or you wanted to, pray this prayer after me. Church, help us pray. Say, oh God, I come to you now and I ask you to save me. 
write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I'm a Christian now. I do not live by fear, but I live by faith. And I can now say, it is well with my soul. In Jesus' name, give God a big hand of praise. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.